0: Hi, this is Bob Yandian. Today is number three when we're talking about Mary and Martha and Lazarus. We're talking about that wonderful miracle that Jesus did in raising him from the dead. We're gonna find out today that Mary fell apart. Martha fell apart before Mary stood up, but today Mary's gonna fall apart. But the beauty of it, she's gonna get right back up. Have you ever failed? The point of it is don't stay there, get back up. Let's go to the Word of God together.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian.
0: Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. We are in number three of a series on Mary and Martha talking about the difference between the two. And uh, we went first of all to Luke chapter 10, and there we read in verses 38 through 42 how that Mary learned at Jesus' feet. She was a worshiper And she just stayed at Jesus' feet, on the floor there by His feet, probably leaning on His feet, and then listening to every word that came out of His mouth. And she came prepared to worship Him and forgot everything else. She didn't need anything else. There's a time when she could have worked around the house and prepared because Martha, on the other hand, was a server, but she lived for her serving. And really, it doesn't matter what your gifting is. You know, some of you, when you work in a church, you know, you might usher and greet and all that. But the point of it is that's not what you're doing to try to draw attention to yourself. You're just really serving other people because you love God and you love people, fulfilling the great commission and also fulfilling that uh, perfect law. And that is the one, the golden rule that uh, do unto others as you would have them do to you and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind and your neighbors yourself. But Martha didn't do it for that. She was just filled with shortcomings. And literally she did it to bolster herself. I mean, she really did not have a good attitude about herself and she served and worked hard to try to get the compliments of other people. She lived for their compliments, but Mary didn't seem to care. But Martha was jealous of Mary because Mary was the popular one. Mary was seemed to be the favored one of Jesus that really bothered her. And so in the first story we had, uh, you know, Jesus came to see them because they were his friends. These were his three best friends. Outside the disciples, whenever he had a chance, he went by there because he just loved them. He could probably stay there. They didn't announce it to a bunch of people so that, you know, they could brag that Jesus was at their house. No, they just invited him in and Jesus loved to be with them. So when they came in, they all found their place and Mary again would be at Jesus' feet, just hearing the stories out of him and his insight on the word of God, and Martha served, and on this one particular day they came there, there were some people in the house, and so uh, Jesus was there with them, and Mary was worshiping. Martha was so upset, she went to Jesus. This is so descriptive of her. She said, tell my sister to help me. You know, I'm sure Jesus could have looked at her and said, well, why don't you tell her? Why do I have to tell her? And she was basically saying, she won't listen to me, but she'll listen to you. That ought to tell you something, that she will not listen to me, but she'll listen to Jesus. And that should have woke up Martha rather than trying for Martha to wake up Mary to come over and help her work around the house. And Jesus has said, look, there's a time, uh, Martha, for serving and all this, and I thank you for it. But you know what, You basically, you know, he's probably thought you could have had this done ahead of time and you could be down here at my feet too, learning the word of God. And he said that Mary had chosen the better part. I want you to stop and think about this for just a moment. They were Jesus' best friends as far as just natural friends around them. Jesus had other friends, but this is the place that whenever he could, he stopped by their house because he could rest, be with them, let him, he could just be himself. They could be themselves. And uh, again, but we find out that they had problems and Martha has problems. In this particular one, we're going to find out too that Mary had problems. And uh, whenever the world collapsed around her, she caved in and this strong woman. But the thing about Mary is she bounced back. Martha didn't change at all. I mean, the next story we get into, the fourth lesson we get into, Martha's going to remain the same, and seem like nothing's going to change her. She's going to stick with what she's doing. She enjoys the compliments of others. When people come and rave about her, you know, green bean casserole or whatever she's made, that just makes her day. But Mary doesn't care about anything like that. All she cares about is being around Jesus. Mary will bounce back. And Mary, we find, is consistently a lover of Jesus. And in the time she collapses, she's back on her feet the next time. Martha never did get on her feet. So Mary learns at Jesus' feet. But the point of it is, I wanted to tell you was, is that they're his best friends. You don't have to have perfect friends, okay? Oftentimes, you know, in the ministry, it's difficult to find really friends that you can be honest with and they'll be honest with you, but you always find something wrong with people. You know, if you're always looking for the perfect people, then stop and think about it for yourself. If you ever find perfect people, well, they're perfect by your standard. And then after a while, the longer you're around, the more you'll find out, well, they really aren't perfect because nobody's as perfect as you are. And then after a while, if you lose all your friends and you look at your wife and you're not sure about her anymore and the wife isn't sure about her husband anymore, because there's nobody perfect except Jesus. The point of it is, is you need to just accept friends for who they are. And unless they just really have really evil motives or something, you're going to find out they're human and you'll find things you disagree on. But that just kind of sparks the conversation to get into areas you disagree on. And you might even walk away going, hmm, I kind of understand where they're coming from now. And they say the same thing about you. So again, even though Mary was a worshiper at Jesus' feet and stuff, she still fell apart once. And Martha herself just seems distant to everything. She's not not even the same world as Mary and in the same world as Jesus is. And so she's the one running around serving everybody, craving the compliments of people to bolster up her own ego. Then, next of all, we went yesterday to John chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. And we talk about the fact that Jesus walked in the light. And that story was so interesting because, again, in that story, the death of uh, Lazarus. Uh, came at a time when Jesus heard about him. He stayed two more days where he was. And he knew what he was doing because the Holy Spirit directed him is by waiting two more days. Those who were waiting to kill Jesus after two days thought he's not coming. And they disbanded. Jesus walked in and instead of healing Lazarus, actually pulled off a bigger miracle. He raised him from the dead. And because of that, again, we have these, uh, you know, this story that's coming up today. And we have the one here that uh, where he did die and now he's already dead. And Jesus now has made it to the house. So look at John chapter 11. We're going to start with verse 17 today. And for those of you watching for the first time, thank you. Glad to have you with us today. Welcome to the broadcast. Those of you who've been watching for some time, welcome back. For those of you who have been steady partners with me from the beginning, thank you so much. And uh, our numbers are growing incredibly. Just thank you for the great amount of, 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 of the finances you're giving, the prayer you're giving to us, the compliments you're giving to us and also just the fact that we're getting more and more people becoming partners, and it's wonderful to have you join us. So if you'd like to become a partner in this ministry, you've, you've identified in your heart, first of all, you like the teaching, and then next of all, you identify because of the Word of God. You enjoy the Word of God, the revelation of the Word of God. And so you'd like to join me, so please do so. Go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find there a place on the uh, webpage when you open it up that uh, has a place where you can become a partner. We'd love to have you become a partner with us. Whatever God lays on your heart, or if he doesn't, then as you purpose in your own heart, just begin to give, and we thank you for doing so. John chapter 11, let's start with verse 17. When Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother, so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Isn't it amazing? We look, we always have a better answer. Like Jesus doesn't know what he's doing. It, but she went on to say, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. In other words, she she probably caught herself and said, maybe that wasn't the right thing to say. So she said, but I still trust you. Well, she didn't. She's still gonna gripe and she still thinks she had a better answer. And why couldn't Jesus, if we are your friends. Why couldn't you have been here? Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. I want you to notice she still didn't catch on. Okay, Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, that's physically, yet he shall live, that's eternally. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. I'm gonna come back to that verse in just a minute. Hang on. Do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. We'll see here, she proved right there, she's a believer. She proved right there. She she's a Christian, she's accepted the Lord. I want to go back to verse 26, and I want you to notice something here. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. I want you to note something here that in passing we often go over, but I want to look at it a little closer. Whoever lives and believes in me, shall never die. There is no salvation after you die. There is no second chance after you're gone. You have the time period while you're alive on this earth to believe in Jesus. And once you're gone and once you die, there is no going to hell for a while and eventually burning up all your sins. And then you get to be transferred to heaven. There's also none of this stuff where you have a second chance after you die to believe in Jesus Christ. That is just not true. Everyone who is alive and believes in me shall never die. Once you are no longer alive on this earth and you die physically, it's too late. We have one opportunity. It's a point that a man wants to die after that is the judgment. For the unbeliever, it will be the great white throne judgment. For the believer, it will be the judgment seat of Christ. And so again, if you have believed in Jesus, hallelujah, because you did that while you were here on this earth. But once you're gone, no, there is no chance. So... That's what the verse says. So let's go down to verse 27 again. She said, and this proves that she had believed in Jesus. This is how we are gonna lead people to Jesus. This is what we're waiting for them to confess and mean it from the heart. I believe that you're the Christ, the son of God who's coming into the world. Martha here in this verse of scripture is the first to see death as unchangeable. And she now knows this, as she or she's the first to see death as unchangeable. But Jesus comes in and says to her, Martha, he's going to live again. She's legalistic, probably believes Jesus should have come because of her hard work and should appreciate her more. And so she's looking at Jesus like no one, including others around me. But Jesus, I expected better of you would have thought of us and come because you love us. You told us how much you love us and appreciate us. She blames Jesus for not healing Lazarus before he dies. And she really thinks once he's dead, there's no way to get him back. She has an empty confession to impress Jesus. And so again, her empty confession was basically to appease him, to make herself look good in his sight. But she doesn't believe that there's anything now. And Jesus came too late, Everything's wrong. Listen, Jesus never shows up too late. And in your life, I don't care what has happened. It's never too late. And Jesus knew a way around this where he pulled off for a bigger miracle. He's going to raise him from the dead. And because he does, many are going to believe in Jesus as their Lord and savior. The purpose of miracles is signs, wonders, and miracles to bring people to Jesus. And that's what he's going to use to bring them to the Lord. And that is the resurrection of uh, Lazarus. John chapter 11. Take a look with me here at verses 28 through 33. It says, when she said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, "The teacher is here and is calling for." Her. He didn't call for her. She's just saying that, so she wants she wants her sister to go out there and just pad this thing a little further. Because by now, Mary is agreeing with her that Jesus should have so- shown up sooner. Verse twenty nine. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to meet him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were in her house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Exactly the same thing that Martha said, verbatim. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Jesus was actually let down. Although he did not sin, he had thought better of those around him. Jesus did know everything, but he did surmise the situation. And so pressure is the time to apply the word, not try to learn at that moment. Pressure is not a time to go straight to the word of God to try to learn it. No, it's too late. You need to apply what you know or find scripture and apply it immediately. So use the word you have. Don't be condemned for what you don't have. This problem is bigger than Martha. It's not bigger than Mary, but Mary has succumbed to the situation. And now she's actually caving into the problems around here. When we come back, we'll pick up at this point. You can go ahead and open up with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll start from there when we come back from the break. At some
1: point, every Christian will face opposition and heartache, trials and tribulations, failures and falls. But if we follow after God's word, these things will never produce defeat in a believer. If we follow after the word of God, these things will produce a whole new appreciation for Jesus. Mary and Martha, Faith for the Crisis is an in-depth study of Mary and Martha. The lessons highlight the importance of the Word of God to our lives and teach us what we must do when faced with the troubles of this life. Message titles include, A Great Woman of Faith, Light in the Darkness, When Your Whole World Collapses, I Only Have Eyes for You. To order Faith for the Crisis, visit our website
0: at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified, this is a class I teach at Karis Bible College. I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, BobYandian.com. You'll find out, you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you.
1: Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness,
0: I made the statement just before the break that the problem here is bigger than Martha, but not Mary. And so when Martha said, why weren't you here? You could have healed him. And now you're too late. He didn't get upset with her. That was just Martha being Martha. But when Mary acted like Martha, this is when Jesus um, and he saw it and hurt him, that Mary no longer was trusting in him, but was taken in by the circumstances. And so take a look with me at 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, I had you turn to chapter 10. But take a look with me at verse 13. It says, no temptation, no problem, no circumstances overtaking you. That is not common to man. Now, the fact that uh, Lazarus was dead was nothing out of the ordinary. People died all the time. But oftentimes when it's so close to us, we treat it as the worst thing that happened. And this is what happened here with Martha and now with Mary. It should not have happened with Mary. She should have been looking at Jesus going, Jesus, either you're going to raise this guy from the dead or you've got another thing that's going to happen. And his death, he's now gone on. He's in a better place. We'll get past it. We'll go on. But Lord, my trust is still in you. No, that's not what happened. She blamed him and said, if you'd have been here earlier, he wouldn't have died. She just quoted what Martha had said, which tells me the two have been together talking about it. And Martha hasn't swung over to the faith of Mary. Mary has switched over to the unbelief of Martha. So this verse says again, no temptation has taken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted above your ability, but with the temptation, he'll provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I want you to notice that it simply says, there's no problem that can face you that's bigger than you are, that God doesn't have an answer for. And it's not also common that's happened before. You think you're unique. In fact, the devil tells you, no one's gone through this problem. Are you kidding? This verse says, there's nothing that can come against you that isn't common to all mankind. And somewhere in the past 6,000 years, hasn't happened to somebody somewhere. So God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted above what you are able, but with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape. Once the problem came to them, Jesus already had an answer. They didn't know it, but they didn't even accept it by faith. They began to blame him for not swinging over and seeing the situation through their eyes. And sadly, Mary was one of them. He said that you may be able to do it. So Mary could have controlled this situation, but allowed Martha and the mourners to control the situation. This comes back to stay on target. One of my favorite phrases from Star Wars is when they were going to attack the death planet, the Death Star. And as they were going, around to do it, this one guy kept talking about, oh, look, they're shooting over, there, shooting, and they kept saying, stay on target, stay on target. To me, this is what the Holy Spirit keeps telling you, in the midst of everything going around you, in the midst of all hell breaking out, and you're looking at circumstances, the Holy Spirit's saying, stay on target, stick with the Word, stick with the promises, because first of all, you aren't the only one going through this problem, it's happened throughout the centuries, and next of all, no temptation will come against you that God hasn't already prepared a way out. Martha couldn't see it, and sadly, Mary couldn't see it but Jesus saw it and Jesus stayed on target. Mary could have said to Jesus, I know you have a plan. You could have healed from Perea where you were if your plan was to heal him, but since you haven't healed him, I know you still have a plan and you've known the plan all the time. I'm the one that doesn't understand the plan, but I do trust you. You can now raise Lazarus from the dead. Mary could have said that. If Lazarus is to die, I'll see him one day. She could have said that, but she didn't say either one. She simply said, if you'd have been here earlier, he wouldn't have died. In other words, Jesus, this is your fault. Well, death is not Jesus' fault. The death that came to him was of Satan. And so Jesus is going to raise him from the dead. Mary could have comforted the others with the word of God she knew. What is the purpose of miracles? Look at John chapter 11. Go back with me again, and let's go back to meanwhile back at the ranch and pick up this story again, beginning in verse 34. Verse 34 through verse 45. And Jesus said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Jesus didn't weep because of the fact that, that, uh, that Lazarus was dead because he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Jesus wept at what he saw around him. No one was trusting him. Even Mary was not trusting him. And the crowds were all crying and weeping and mourning. And Jesus just wept at all the unbelief he saw around him. Verse 36. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. They thought Jesus was weeping here because of how much he loved. No, he was weeping at their unbelief. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? See, we always have something we rationalize in our mind and don't understand. God thinks bigger than we do. The Bible doesn't want Jesus to have the mind of Bob. He wants Bob to have the mind of Christ. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone laid against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time, he stinks. There's an odor for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you would believe me, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you, you have heard me. I know that you're always hear me because I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had said these words, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out with hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said unto them, unbind him, turn him loose, take those bands off of him and let him go. And many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he had done, believed in him. I want to go back to something right here. Uh, around the uh, what that Jesus said. Uh, after Jesus said, I thank you, Father, that you've heard me. And I know that you hear me. And I say this on account of the people standing around. And so Jesus had them take away the stones. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus right here in this verse of scripture was simply giving the essence of faith. And the essence of faith is that he he knew God had already heard him. God already had a plan. Jesus was already in agreement with the plan. And so in being in agreement with that plan, what happened was is that Jesus uh, Uh, said to them on that case, he's going to come out of the grave. He knew what was happening, yet no one believed him. In fact, when he said, roll the stone away, you'd have thought somebody would have got the impression Jesus is going to raise him from the dead. But all they thought was dead was permanent. Death is permanent. And in most cases it is. But we serve a God that can raise the dead. And it's happened throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament. It happened under Elijah's ministry. It happened under Elisha's ministry. And so the beauty of it here in this verse of scripture is this that they said, you could have kept this man from dying, but Jesus didn't. No, he simply again was gonna raise this man from the dead. And when he did and he came out, the man was bound, hand and feet. And he said, I want you to undo him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. You know, this is a type of the new birth. When he came out of that grave and came out, he was bound hand and foot. And the beauty of it is, is once he came out of the grave, the next thing we need to do is get straight into the word of God. And this word of God will literally start to undo the natural things of our life. Also being filled with the Holy Spirit is one that will cause us to break out of those things and simply come to the fact that we've come now to a place where the Holy Spirit has given us power over demons and over all the powers of Satan. When he came out of this grave, and walked out of it. Again, the people there uh, were amazed at it. And Jesus now is gonna see many come to him because of this. Here's another beauty of this whole situation. And that is all the people that were there that came of the uh, Jews that had stayed to try to kill Jesus were gone now. The Jews that were left there weren't out for Jesus' life. They were just Jews there that, you know, were part of the Jewish religion, but weren't taken in by the hatred of the Pharisees. So anyway, they're standing there. And when he came out of that grave, I mean, everybody must've just gasped. I'm sure they wanted to ask him questions and talk to him and ask him about what he saw while he was there, who he met while he was there. But you know what? He now becomes the center of attention. But I want you to understand something. Mary is going to shift her attention back to Jesus and realize, no, my brother coming out of the grave is not the center of attention. The one that raised him from the dead is the one. And so Jesus again yelled and cried out. He said in this verse of scripture, Lazarus, come out. In the King James, it says, Lazarus, come forth. I think it's interesting too that he shouted Lazarus if he would have just shout and come out, man, every dead person would have come out of there. That's the power of the voice of Jesus. But he aimed it toward one man, and that was Lazarus. And Lazarus on the other side must have heard. We're told in the story of the rich man and Lazarus back in that other story one time that Jesus gave is that the two were separated from each other, and there's a place where unbelievers go, and that's hell, there's a place where believers go, and that was called paradise, Abraham's bosom. This is where Lazarus was at that time. He was over there on that side. They knew what was going on on the earth, but we don't necessarily know what's going on where they are, or today in heaven where people go. Once Jesus arose from the dead, then this place where Lazarus was called paradise, Abraham's bosom was emptied, and now that place is emptied. One day, hell itself will be emptied, where unbelievers go. But Lazarus came out of that tomb and lived for a little while longer. I want you to understand something too, is that Lazarus really wasn't as he was brought out of there, he wasn't given a resurrection body. He had his natural body back. Lazarus died later on. He was only resuscitated for a moment. Really, being raised from the dead and given a resurrection body is yet to come. Lazarus came forth, and whatever sickness caused him to die was gone. He came out of there, and I can tell you this, he probably came out in good health and was around for quite a while. The Bible doesn't tell us how long he was around. Uh Today, it, and where we hear you know of stories today, people coming back from the dead, people that have died and been dead for some for a certain amount of time and are called back to life. Whatever killed them, if it's a disease or a sickness or whatever, is no longer there. They've been resuscitated, but resuscitated back to a healthy life. And that's what happened with Lazarus. In fact, we're gonna find out in the next chapter that we go to that Lazarus is actually eating around the table with everybody, and there's a great crowd that was around him, probably asking him question after question after question. You were dead for four days. Tell us what it was like. And I'm sure he had great stories to tell how he met Abraham and how he met the Old Testament saints and prophets while he was there, maybe even some other friends they had. An interesting story, too, is during the death of Jesus when he died on the cross and then about the time just before he was raised from the dead, many of the Old Testament saints came out of the graves and came back into town. They were resuscitated for a moment too. We talk about being raised from the dead. Jesus was the first one actually raised from the dead and brought back to newness of life with a resurrection body. That's gonna happen to us at the rapture of the church. In the meantime, though, these came out of their graves and walked into town and were astonished because why? People saw them and said, well, that's Bill, that's John, that's whoever, and and what do you guys do and they begin to tell about what they saw down there under the earth, how that Jesus had come and opened up the door and allowed them to come out. And now they were coming out and rose from the dead and were allowed to go back in for a while. They died again too. Whenever a person comes back today, they die again later on. But the point of it is there's gonna come a day we will die no more. And that will be the day when Jesus Christ comes for us. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with those who have come with him that have died before us in heaven, waiting on us. And the moment that does, we will both join together. Those on earth and those in heaven will join together, get resurrection bodies, and we'll go back to heaven with Jesus for seven years while the tribulation's going on and then later come back to this earth to rule and to reign with him. That's what our future is. Now, Lazarus will be part of that. But Lazarus was one that got a little second chance Chance on earth to come back to life and again to use him. Jesus knew what was going to happen. God knew what was going to happen. Martha saw this and doesn't change, but Mary saw this and goes through a great change. And we'll find this out tomorrow. So I'll see you. We'll be back tomorrow and find out more about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. You can order resources, become a partner,
1: or browse free articles and podcasts with Bob Yandian.